So on today's episode, we're going to talk about launching, growing, and scaling a direct-to-consumer e-commerce brand on Amazon. It's a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kune Campbell. Now, the interview you're about to listen to is an interview I had with Stefan Jordev. Now, Stefan Jordev is a strategic director at Bobsled Marketing. And if you recall, several seasons ago, I think season two or three, we had Kiri Masters on the show, and she was just talking about Amazon in general. At the time, we were exploring marketplaces as an opportunity. And I think we, we talked a bit about CPG brands, you know, going on Amazon and, tr- and strategies. But now that, you know, D2C is a thing, it's, it's actually a topic you can follow on Twitter. You can imagine it's, 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 a, it's, it's a thing now. It's a trend. Um, it's, it's a section or a strand in the retail industry. Um, I decided to to get someone from Bobsled Marketing to just take us through the steps. And what Stefan did over this interview, prior to the interview, actually, he put together like a checklist, which are in the show notes, you know, below. And in that checklist, um, he he put in, um, he mixed his notes along with the official Amazon retail readiness checklist. So he's put in, he's chunked that up. And um, giving it to everybody, um, every, every one of you to just, you know, um, read, to read through. And it's very detailed. He has some compelling reasons as to why you should start, you know, get into Amazon as a direct-to-consumer e-commerce seller. I did have my doubts and um, he he managed to, to counter some of them. Um, there's still that issue of customer data. But besides that, he, he sort of, you know, he gave me an alternative about, about the amount of data, you know, marketplace data, market sites insights, you know, consumer insights, consumer behavior Amazon provides, you know, um, 
that sort of um, you know um, makes up for for not having their details. And he he gave us some hacks on how to still um, you know figure out Facebook advertising with the data Amazon gives you. I'm not going to say too much about that, but um, it's. It's a fascinating topic, um, you know, Amazon. And we also talk a little bit about Instacart. They released a book um, for, about Instacart, Instacart for CMOs. And the interesting opportunities in e-commerce, you know, um, in for Instacart, you know, or, or retailers for, for Instacart. It's, it's, it's a fascinating, um, you know, area or strand which their, their agency actually covers. So if you you know, want to understand um, what makes or, you know, the structure of a proper Amazon launch, how to properly advertise, how to manage your logistics, how to claim your brand and IP, um, how to continue to grow um, a formula for, for, for how to split costs to remain profitable and you know, in, in general, also the Amazon, um, Vine and review, um, you know, program, reviewer program from Amazon and, um, some interesting things in their pipeline, in their development pipeline, such as Amazon attribution. Um, apparently like, um, soon if you're driving traffic from Facebook into Amazon, um, you might start to get you know, some attribution data as a seller, which, which I found very, very interesting. So he, he's, he's also talking, he, we also talked about like internationalization of Amazon, you know, the, the marketplaces in Europe, Japan, um, North America, and I believe even in Mexico and, um, the demand side of the platform, demand side advertising, which I found fascinating and just, you know, ways to just build out your Amazon profile. We, we, we cover a ton. Um, he's an incredibly, you know, gentle, well-informed, you know, um, um, you know, professional, um, who, who knows what he's talking about in, in the D2C, you know, space. So, um, enjoy this episode. It's, it, it was super interesting. Um, but before you, you get to, to it, I just want to give a shout out to, to our sponsors, um, Clavio the number one e-commerce email marketing platform, you know, around hands down. Um, I want to give a, you know, shout out to, um, to rewind. Um, they're the best of the best backup solution for, um, for, for, for Shopify and big commerce. And I also want to give out, give a shout out to famous, you know, they allow you launch products quick. So if you have a product launch and you want to create the best, the ultimate best mobile shopping experience, you know, for users for a single product launch, they are the platform to, to use because um, they have a page builder that's just so fluid, you know, online. It gives like an app-like experience, you know, on mobiles. Anyway, so, so that's it. Enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. And um, yeah, I'll catch you on the other side. I'll catch you on the other show. There, there are a few announcements. Um, I might be starting out a newsletter you know, soon along all of this, um, I might be, um, if you want me to start my newsletter, a, you know, 2X e-commerce newsletter, let me know, you know, reach out to me. Some of you, I'm having conversations with some of you on, um, on Instagram, you know, messenger I'm having, you know, on Facebook messenger on Instagram, um, even on Twitter chats, you know, you guys are reaching out to me and we're having interesting conversations. So keep it up. Um, 
Yeah, and um, if you have any guest recommendations, I'm I'm looking to to cover you know other platforms, Snapchat, you know TikTok, you know let me know. Just hook me up in the group, hook me up in a messenger. Let's let's have this conversation going, and who knows, you know, we might be doing a clubhouse at at some point. So, guys, enjoy this episode. Um, would love your thoughts if you're watching it on on, on YouTube. Um, leave a comment, you know, like you know this video if 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 it's on you know audio. Just enjoy the audio experience. You know, it's, it's the best we can do here. So, thank you so much, and you know, catch you on the other side. Cheers. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like ColourPop, Hawkberry, and Custom Ink all have in common? Well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over 25,000 online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts, and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high-value customer relationships, right from shoppers' first impressions to each subsequent purchase. Clavio will understand every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 view on customers, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is clavio.com forward slash 2x. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and big commerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Commerce podcast show dedicated to rapid growth and direct to consumer selling in general. The entire direct to consumer selling space, we cover it. Um, This is the podcast. And you know what I do every week? You know, we we work with marketing teams at um, e-commerce businesses. We work with founders. We talk to... Um, you know, representatives from best in class e-commerce SaaS companies. We interview them and we help you guys um, just maximize metrics such as conversions, 
average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and automate these sales. So, so their remit is really simple to improve those metrics. Now, if you recall, um, back in like season three, we talked about Amazon. We talked about marketplaces and we, we, we don't talk very often about it. I, I know last season we, we talked, you know, about it. Um, some of you were okay with that episode, but I decided to bring, um, you know, bring back Bob Sledge, you know, marketing again because the, the initial conversations I had were really meaningful. And, um, well, today, um, it's, it's a really special one. Um, I'm, I'm joined by Stefan Jodef and he's from Bob's Legend. He's, he's going to teach us or take us through what it means to launch a direct to consumer brand on marketplaces, whether it's Amazon or other marketplaces, you know, what to really bear in, in mind. We, we talk a lot about Shopify, but we should really be omni-channel. That's what, you know, this is all, all about. So um, I'm not going to babble too much. I just want to just thank you first for coming, Stefan, and welcome you. Welcome. Definitely, yeah. Thank you so much we for had, having me. You're, you're very, very welcome. We had Kiri Masters. You know, I, I, I was intentionally just, you know, um, dodging her name, but it was Kiri Masters. And, um, you know, she's the founder of, of Bob Sledge Marketing. You work with her. Um yeah, could you introduce yourself and Bob Snedge, you know, um, Martin, where you guys are? Because I've seen you grow. It was essentially herself and a few people, and it's it's grown massively over you know this over the, between then and now. So if you could take you know the next um, two minutes to introduce yourself and Bob Snedge, Martin, it would be great, amazing. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm, I'm Stefan. I'm with Bobsled Marketing. Uh, as you pointed out, the agency itself is an agency that helps Amazon, Walmart, and Instacart sellers accelerate sales and grow on their, these marketplaces. It was founded in 2015. And as you pointed out, it grew from just having Kiri and a few, um, and a few employees to a company of uh, about 30 plus people in size. I've personally, I've been with the company for about four and a half years. I work closely with Kiri on strategy and how we determine which marketplaces to approach. And yeah, really, really happy to be here with you. Fantastic. 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 Okay. So um, there are two camps when it comes to direct to consumer selling. Um, there are camps that talk about independence, about autonomy and about control. And so they strictly stick with with their Shopify or with their websites and sell directly to the consumer. And they're always about email. And then there's another camp, you know, school of thought, which just says we need to be omnichannel. We need to be everywhere. You know, whether it means us being in the stores, whether it means us being, you know, um, playing with the devil with Amazon, as we <laughs> call it in the D2C space, we have to be out there as direct to consumer businesses. Um, what, 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 what are you saying? Obviously it's, you, you guys work with marketplaces, but um, what would you say to the first group of people? You know, I, I was I was talking about um, as to why they should consider you know um, channels such as Amazon towards um, reaching more people and expanding their brand. One thing I would say that will hopefully help them. Uh, in that perspective shift, first of all, as, as I think it, it's clear that I am in, I'm supporting the latter. 
working with marketplaces to accelerate. And I think it has become uh, very obvious in the past year. And I'm going to use Instacart as an example. Uh, the same is true for Amazon, but I think this one's a little more obvious. When you have retail partners such as Walmart, Target, they are uh, giving up on the control and they are using Instacart's interface, mm. I really feel that brands should do it as well. Uh, mm. I am completely understanding the profit margin uh, pro where you would have uh, items being sold on your website, on your Shopify website, but ultimately whoever controls the interface they they are the ones that um, can make a difference. I, I feel like with Amazon and with Instacart and with Walmart, they just have so much data. They have so much recorded data of high intent purchases, just keywords that lead to potential sales and conversions. And I really don't think you can compete with them from the traffic that you would be generating on your Shopify website. No, I mean, no matter how big it is, uh, when you have these large brands adopting marketplaces, um, I really feel that that's the lesson learned for new brands, for upcoming brands, uh, just to, to take a page of their book and try to be more open towards approaching marketplaces as a strategy. Very, very interesting points you made, um, which brings me to another question. What should come first, selling D2C or selling in marketplaces? Uh, basically, uh, it goes back to that point of omni-channel. You should be able uh, to be wherever your customers are searching for you. With that being said, I keep having... I keep uh, having this sentence in my head. I think somebody mentioned it on an advertising uh, call. If you're selling only on a marketplace, you don't have a business. You might have a hobby. So mm -hmm. uh, as unfortunate as that is, I do think that you can scale faster on Amazon. It's just easier to launch your brand. But that, like all those marketing efforts, they have to be suppl supplemented by having your own website thinking about how you would expand, thinking beyond Amazon as a marketplace, beyond US as a marketplace, and just keeping a, an eye out for all upcoming platforms. Hmm. So you, you made a really good point. You know, um, selling on market, just that volatility is, is so important. Now, you, you mentioned Instacart, you mentioned Walmart, Target, and Amazon. Those are the biggest players in the U.S. Now, we, we have um, a substantial number of listeners who are not in the U.S. Could you explain Instacart to, to them, please? Yeah, so basically um, available for U.S. and uh, Canada at the moment. Instacart mm -hmm. is an app that has shoppers uh, uh, who go into marketplaces, into their retail partners and shop for groceries and even beyond groceries as of late uh, for uh, customers making that order. So in a sense, it's like a four-sided marketplace. You know, there's the retail partners, there's the user on the app, there's the shopper who goes over there and then there's the brand. This is mm -hmm. an interesting one because the brands um, don't have too much control over Instacart because it partners up with retailers. And mm -hmm. I really think this is an interesting, interesting 
marketplace uh, that's that's happening that's in that's supporting that whole omni-channel strategy that we've been talking you know mm-hmm. you have to be if if brands are searching for products on instacart just because it, it grew so much during the pandemic brands mm-hmm. should be there if if uh, they're searching for you in walmart or target your products should be there I mean, that's how you gain. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. So, so the use case for Instacart is, is groceries, essentially. So it's CPG brands, as you, you alluded to, and groceries and on the seller side. And then, um, on the service delivery side is, you know, it's, it's the Instacart, um, you know, um, person or delivery person. And then obviously the consumers is who they're all serving at the end of the day. Um, do you see, Instacart, you know, um, evolving outside of groceries um, and more towards retail. Like I want to get something from the gap, for instance, and I want it now rather than having to wait for um, a two day delivery or one day delivery because I really need it to, to wear this afternoon, for instance. Definitely. I think that shift has already started. I mm. feel like throughout Q4, they partnered up with Sephora, which is mainly beauty. They partnered mm. up with Disney. Um, so I, I do think that, uh, you know, a little ways down the road, they're looking to expand beyond grocery and that's already happening. So mm. it's going to be an interesting one because as, as you said, delivery times for Instacart are not even a few days. It's a few hours. Oh, you are shopping yeah you you can get it to your door in a few hours and with that expansion going beyond grocery i think it's going to be a really interesting one to follow it'd be very interesting so i live in a in a i just live in i live in a suburb in a village just outside of a city in in the city's oxford and um basically where we live even in oxford even if so even in oxford there's no uber for instance um, we have services such as Deliveroo. Deliveroo basically do, um, they, they, they do, um, deliveries for food, basically, you know, takeaways and stuff like that. They work with, you know, the, the more established, um, you know, um, restaurants. Now, the problem is that when you come out of a parameter of a city, of a busy city, those services really dwindle. I don't know what the situation is in the States you know, with Uber and Uber Eats. Obviously, I've been to the States and um, Uber Eats was quite extensive in terms of its reach. Um, for Instacart, um, do you have to be in a metropolitan city? Um, does it serve rural areas? What, what does the, the coverage in the US and Canada look like with Instacart? So I think here's a stat which will really, really capture the the growth that they had. They can reach 85% of households in the U.S. and about 70% of households in Canada. And mm-hmm. I totally, totally get the point you, you made um, when we were interviewing experts for our upcoming book, Instacart for CMOs. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them had mentioned when Instacart started, they were kind of assuming that, as you said, they would be, the service would be available for what they call the NFL cities. If you have an mm-hmm. NFL team, it means you're a big city and you can yeah. utilize the Instacart services. But apparently that's not the case. They can reach you even, uh, even if you're living in the suburbs, in any peripheral area. And I think, you know, if <laughs> if they have a Walmart, and I know Walmart is a very, uh, the brick and mortar stores of Walmart are being distributed uh, across the entire U.S., Instacart mm-hmm. can do it as well. They just, they've optimized delivery so much. It's just, it's impressive. 
Super, super interesting. Very, very interesting. We're going to link to your book in, in the show notes. Um, I found it, I've, 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 I've had, I, I think I got a preview of it. I found it very, very interesting. Instacart for CMOs. Okay. Let's talk about Amazon. You know, Amazon ac- accounts for, um, 50% of all e-commerce sales, um, in the US and the UK, um, in much of Europe. So. There's an opportunity, clearly, you know, so for, for every pound, for every dollar, you know, 50% of that is going to, to Amazon spent on the internet. What are the steps for an established D2C business to, to want to launch in into Amazon? Given the fact that, let's say you were established, many of our listeners already run direct to consumer e-commerce businesses. There are either marketing, you know, um, directors, marketing managers or founders listening to this podcast. Now they're thinking, okay, um, we are doing great on Shopify. Should we consider Amazon? Could you give us a blueprint in summary <laughs> in podcast format? Definitely. And yeah, as, as you pointed out, so I wouldn't spend much time talking about, you know, the trademark registration, brand registry. I would assume a lot of your listeners already have that, but mm-hmm. in, in ways of making that transition to Amazon, with all that set in place, it should be a pretty straightforward transition. You have the UPCs, you have the products, even for Shopify, you probably have most of the content ready. I just mm-hmm. think what's, uh, what will make or break your, uh, transition to Amazon is that I think they should be thinking about that retail readiness concept that Amazon introduced, which I think it's really helpful when it comes to thinking about, do you have everything to launch on Amazon? So basically, Amazon has sort of a checklist and it tells you, you have to have a title that's this long. You have to have the bullets. You have to have at least 15 reviews and at least 3.5 star rating on your listings. Mm -hmm. So I just think making that transition, obviously, you know, opening the account, you have the UPCs in place, creating the products, getting enrolled potentially in those early reviewer programs for Seller Central. They have the early reviewer program for um, Vendor Central. They have Amazon Vine and getting those early reviews uh, to get a head start uh, would be, would uh, sort of signal that transition. You would have the products, you have some sales coming in from Amazon, you have some reviews, I think, you know, obviously third party testimonials such as reviews, ratings on your product are, are incredibly important on Amazon. And, you know, that, that's when it comes, um, that's when the advertising and the promotional aspect of it comes. As with any competitive marketplace, I think this is, this is what established brands do. They have a calendar of promotional activities. They have Amazon advertising running throughout the whole time and trying to get that traffic to improve conversions there. That's super interesting. So, um, could you just take a, a, a little, moment to explain this Amazon Vine, an early reviewer program to, to listeners. Um, essentially, do you give out your products for free so people can review it? Does Amazon allow that? Uh, yes. Basically, this is something that Amazon encourages because they are controlling, uh, they're controlling the process. They are not encouraging your customers to leave a favorable or positive review in any way. I think they're basically just encouraging customers. 
I think they're offering gift cards, you know, a few dollars of gift cards if you review this item. And they're very, very strict around have, leaving an honest review. So basically, this is a product that, of course, will work well if you have a quality product, if you have a product that your customers are already considering a preferred product there. So definitely something to be considered and uh, definitely the only thing to be considered if you ask me i know they're very strict on their review policies so just do it right from the get-go and use the product so i, I, was, I was talking about um the fulfillment by amazon in terms of like um stock and inventory um you know some some d2c businesses have um you know delivery to the t they, they've sorted out delivery they know they, they have the efficiencies in place whether it's from their warehouse or from a third-party warehouse they they just they, they 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 sorted it out so does it make a difference actually splitting out inventory and you know giving it to amazon you know some of it to amazon or would you um would you suggest d2c businesses just um keep inventory you know um to, to ship the way they ship efficiently so I, I do think that you have to have a fulfilled by Amazon offer. I, I do think, you know, uh, again, it's probably a margins question. They probably prefer to do it on their own. But when you're utilizing fulfilled by Amazon, you are part of Amazon's prime program. That's when they guarantee a 48 hour delivery. And I think basically it has become a requirement on Amazon. If you ask me, all the clients that we work with, all the prospects that I'm looking at lately, they're utilizing FBA and that's part of their marketplace strategy. Uh, I do want to point this out though. Uh, it's a, it's an alternative way of thinking that was imposed on me by the pandemic. Even though you are utilizing FBA, I do think that uh, established DD, uh, D2C, uh, direct-to-consumer brands should have some warehouses and have their own fulfillment strategies in place because, as we all learned, Amazon started limiting the products that you can send to their warehouses when this sure. came up. So um, similar to that omni-channel uh, strategy, you probably just need an omni, like a multiple ways of fulfillment strategy as well. Yeah. You just want to be ready for when that demand yeah. comes. Yeah, that readiness is, is so, so important. I'm going to step back a little bit about this IP acceleration program. Um, you know, as you said, you know, most most brands have their trademarks, you know, I don't, you should be, you know, if you don't have your trademark, I don't know why you're in business. But what's, could you explain briefly what this brand registry is with Amazon and how quickly, um, you know, D2C brands can just register and potentially the benefits you can get from registering your brand from the brand from the get go? Yeah, basically, yeah, just to start with the benefits, they are plenty. You have access to additional campaign types that non-brand uh, registered sellers just don't have it. You have the ability to deal with unauthorized sellers and kick them off the platform if they don't mm -hmm. have the permission to sell it there. So totally agree with you. That's, that's a must. You have mm -hmm. to have it. And I think um, where IP Accelerator comes into play is... Reg registering your own trademark can take up to a year, if I'm not mistaken. It can take yeah. a very long time. And what Amazon have done here is they have a list of law agencies, attorneys that they work with. So if you start the trademark process with one of those preferred agencies, Amazon can potentially enroll you in brand registry 
only after a few weeks after you um, after you start the process. So you don't necessarily have to have you have to wait to have the trademark approved. And I think for brands who are just eager to get on Amazon but want to do it right, I think a lot of them have found this program to be very beneficial because you don't have to lose a, a whole year basically. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very important. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Have you noticed how easily stores built on Shopify can be spotted from a mile away? This is because they tend to use the same themes, the same layout, and box standard product shots. If you're on a quest to build a fast-growing standout D2C e-commerce brand, your website should not just clearly tell your story, but should deliver a truly unique customer experience. That is why Famous exists. Famous is the secret to building premium, world-class brands on Shopify. Famous enables brand selling on Shopify to build compelling landing and product pages that include custom video, animations, and more. All pages built on Famous are optimized for storytelling, accelerate click-to-checkout conversions, and can be built without coding or developers. You can try it for free at famous.co.2x. That's F-A-M-O-U-S x Famous enables e-commerce teams build and launch custom mobile and desktop shopping experiences. Famous has powered leading online retailers like The Honest Company, Just Fab, Fabletics, and more. Bring your premium shopping experience to life in minutes. To try Famous for free, visit famous.co.2x. That's famous.co.2x. Clavio is the e-commerce marketing platform that helps brands build relationships with memorable email and SMS messages. Today, more than 50,000 brands like Living Proof, Hint, and Choppies choose Clavio to help them grow. Learn more and get started with the free trial at clavio.com slash 2x. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. Okay. Um, then, then reviews. Um, I was having a conversation with, with one of my mates. He, he sells on, he's an Amazon merchant. Basically, that's what he does. He sells on marketplaces quite, um, over the weekend. I was having a, and I was telling him, I was, I was asking him, um, about reviews that, you know, is it not challenging, um, for you to acquire reviews, you know, on Amazon? And then he was like, well, um, Amazon is making it super easy these days. Um, you know, people could have, could put reviews on listings, um, from their email essentially, and it would be a one click thing. They don't necessarily need to write reviews. That review acquisition has become easier. Is that the case in, from your perspective or, um, is it, is it, does it require a comprehensive strategy? Totally. Uh, Amazon has made it easy. Amazon are reaching out, I think, several times after you buy a product, three days, five days, I'm not sure uh, what the frequency rate is, but they are actually nudging the customers to leave a, leave a review. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, sellers also have an option to just with a single click request a review and that Amazon sells them a pre predefined email. And of course, 
As with everything in e-commerce, there are ways to get creative. Um, you can't necessarily ask, you can't ask for reviews, but a lot of the brands include product inserts that highlight the benefits of the product. Mm -hmm. They include product inserts that highlight additional products from that brand. And mm -hmm. uh, while Amazon has made it a lot easier, uh, to get reviews, you know, there are always brands who, who think of creative ways to get ahead. Mm -hmm. um, to, definitely a lot easier compared to a few years ago, though. It's very, very interesting. I, uh, I don't know whether I have it here. I, somewhere here, somewhere here. I got, we, we purchased something from Amazon for the family. Um, can't quite remember what it was, but it was something for the, for like our skin. It was like a shaving thing anyway. And, <laughs> Within a week or two, I got a letter in the post. Just a letter. It was just addressed to, because my wife that bought it, it was addressed to my wife. And we opened it and it was like, um, from that Amazon merchant, I don't know how legal this is. And she'd, um, put, she'd handwritten a note, you know, saying, um, hope you enjoyed my product, blah, blah, blah. Here's a gift card or here's a potential gift card if you leave me a review. It was a letter. <laughs> And I'd never seen that before. And, you know, when you talk about quite novel ways, I was like, well, it doesn't get more innovative than this. Exactly. Exactly. To your point, like my, my expertise is mostly in, in advertising. So again, I'm not entirely sure of the legitimacy. How legal that is, right? <laughs> because I am seeing reviews and they're not saying us, um, leave us a five star review, but they're saying us, leave us an honest review. And then there's mm. the five star <laughs> image mm -hmm. below. And they so put the five star image on it. Yeah, so, so not, hint, hint. <laughs> right. Um, other question I had was this big issue, and, and this goes back to that, to the first, you know, you know the persona I was talking to you about, um, the, the independent. And what they talk about is this lack of access to information, you know, customer information, where you don't own your customers. Um, could you briefly outline the data points, the customer data points Amazon gives merchants on its platform uh i i have to agree with you here but i i do think that you get enough info so while the the email is protected and the personal information is protected i know when i was exporting data from seller central just so we can create some lookalike audiences on facebook there's mm -hmm. plenty of data for you to utilize to create that audience and in addition to this i do feel like what you're lacking in detailed customer info you're getting in all these additional reports about what works what doesn't customer search term reports keyword reports uh, all those brand analytics reports who's the best-selling item in the category mm. who's who are the top three clicked items for a given query so i think what you miss out on from customer data points you they more than make up from all the analytics they provide mm. so you can still make an educated decision about how you would approach these people. So, so what fields were you able to export from Seller Central for the Facebook lookalike audience and um, for, for the custom audience base, um, you know, um, list, which was going to be I used for you lookalike? You have access to uh, first name, last name, zip code. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if the telephone one was protected. Obviously, the email is kind of... Um, changed yeah. uh, for, for privacy reasons, but you do get an uh, option to see where those customers are coming from, um, you know, you uh, the full their address? age, demographics. 
I'm not entirely sure if you get the actual address or just the zip okay. code. Zip code, okay. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about you, you, another pillar, very important pillar you mentioned earlier in this conversation was advertising. How important, you know, you talked about IP, you talked about, um, you know, the, the review program, you talked about um, just the what you need, like your images, your product description, you know, um, and, and reviews, essentially, you know, I'm just getting, making, making sure you have at least 3.5 star rating and 15 reviews in place and inventory, um, FBA plus backup inventory. One thing I skipped was advertising. Um, could you, how important is advertising and what, a well, yeah, how important is advertising in, in the Amazon um, ecosystem and, and how, how do advertisers or merchants um, utilize advertising? I would say it's crucial. I feel mm-hmm. like once you get that retail readiness buttoned up, you, you know, the main lever and how you would get ahead uh, would be advertising. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have keyword, product, category targeting options and I think even Amazon stats show that basically if you're selling on Amazon, you're advertising lately. Um, mm. their, Amazon's revenue from advertising has been growing quarter by quarter. I think we have a lot of new sellers. All of them are utilizing advertising. Of course, it's a, it's a CPC-based advertising solution. You can spend as much as you would like on a daily level, but mm. it's definitely crucial towards success. And I think all, all brands are, are utilizing it. So, 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 um, what sub methods or sub channels, um, does Amazon provide? I, I know there's, there's like the feature to, you know, where your listing is at the top for every search. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what other ways can you advertise within the Amazon ecosystem? So basically, I think they've expanded on this quite a lot. And I think um, what you just referenced to is the sponsored products. They're basically mm-hmm. keyword targeted. And then you get favorable placements of your product listing in given search results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how you can generate traffic. What uh, Amazon has done since is they have introduced the sponsored brands as an option where you can mm-hmm. uh, include your brand name, uh, a slogan, and then up to three products. So mostly driving traffic towards people to recognize the brand that you're selling, not necessarily associated with a single uh, product. You mm-hmm. can target competitors directly by targeting the ASINs they use and get your mm-hmm. product ad displayed right below their buy box. And as of recently, uh, every seller, central seller can utilize in retargeting, retargeting people who viewed your products or products mm-hmm. similar to yours in the past 30 days. So a lot of levers, a lot of uh, features that Amazon has introduced that uh, advertisers can play with and hopefully mm-hmm. reach potential customers uh, in various places, in various mm-hmm. stages of the journey. Mm-hmm. So is the retargeting within Amazon or is it outside of Amazon or across the internet? It's both. Yeah, they can Whoa. get re- they can get placements on Amazon or uh, off Amazon. You know, Amazon owned and operated media, Amazon's app. Yeah, I didn't know that, Stefan. I didn't know that. That's very, very, very interesting. Okay, so obviously Amazon is the biggest marketplace in in, in North America, in in Europe, um, in in the UK, probably also in Australia. Um, how do you stand out? There's so much competition and, and now you're, you're finding, um, you know, um, 
um, manufacturers from the Far East um, just competing directly with um, with locals, with 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 local um, you know brands, local retailers, um, and that the, there's a lot of undercutting going on. So how how do you sort of stand out as a as as a D two C brand? You know how do you just you know stick your head out? Essentially, it's it's really competitive. I hear. Definitely. Uh, there's a, this is a very interesting topic to just think about. Even though it's huge, Amazon does give smaller brands sort of a, a fighting chance. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because basically you can invest as much as you like. It's not like television or where you have to have like a million dollar budget to start with advertising. And then, uh, when everybody gets a chance to participate, I do think it's going to come down to staying up to date with the marketplace and trying to utilize uh, features as soon as they get rolled out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have shared a few points with you. I believe like in the past year, Amazon posts, doing Amazon live videos, mm-hmm. utilizing all these retargeting, all these new features in the advertising side. I feel like... and. I do think that this is happening on the marketplace as well. Smaller brands are getting scrappier and much more informed and up to date with Amazon. So I think Mm. this is how they're, uh, they're utilizing the platform and how they're staying ahead. Um, Regardless, basically whatever Amazon introduced, whether it's a CPC or any type of other feature, you benefit from, from being the first one to adopt it. Mm-hmm. When there's not a lot of competition, you generate a lot of sales from it. So I think it's up to Amazon to keep innovating and provide additional placements, additional features that brands can utilize. And I think it's up to the brands to really jump on the opportunity whenever it arises. Mm, interesting. Speaking of advertising, would you drive traffic from Facebook, from like a Facebook ad to to a um, to, to an Amazon listing? Yes, I do mm-hmm. think um, this is. It does seem like this is a priority for Amazon. They're developing an Amazon attribution program where you can actually track visitors from Facebook to an individual product listing. Mm. Um, I do want to acknowledge here, I think this is where the debate between website versus Amazon starts. Mm. A lot of brands are seeing better margins. All brands are probably, probably have better margins right. on their websites. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, you know, if I'm actually uh, advertising beyond Amazon, I would probably take uh, customers to my Shopify site. Mm. Uh, because I get uh, better margins there. But for brands who want to drive traffic from Facebook or Google or any type of external traffic to Amazon, Amazon is working really hard to make that uh, possible for them, just to mm-hmm. have that analytics in terms of clicks, sales. And, and I'm guessing that um, it would do you no harm at the start when you're trying to establish yourself on, on Amazon um, to, to just drive traffic, as much traffic to your listing as possible. Um, for that retail readiness, you know, phase as you, you alluded to earlier. So, um, it just accelerates, you know, um, the, the awareness and conversions on, on, on your product page, right? Absolutely. Starting out with a bang of, of, of traffic definitely makes sense. Like utilize everything that Amazon offers and, and, and go one step beyond it. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Let's talk about the unit economics of, of Amazon, of selling on Amazon. It's, 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 you, 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 you repeated this many times about margins, you know, margin selling direct to consumer versus margin selling on Amazon. Um, so 
in regards to the unit economics, you know, um, what goes where, you know, so for every hundred dollar you spend, hundred dollars you spend or hundred pounds you spend, um, how do you want to allocate the fund? You know, what goes, how much goes into advertising? How much goes into, you know, cost of goods? How much goes into Amazon fees? How much, you know, um, probably goes to, um, the, um, fulfillment, sorry, um, yeah, storage and fulfillment and how much you keep, what, what's the percentage, you know, roughly, um, for, for a brand to, to remain profitable and sustain itself long term on Amazon? I think that's a great question. And uh, while we're making decisions about where, uh, what to invest where on the advertising side, mm-hmm. I do believe that the the rest of them is kind of Amazon does uh, try to make it easier for brands to realize this. Obviously, you know, those uh, costs associated with FBA uh, depend on the sizes of the product. And I think mm-hmm. Amazon has several uh, tiers uh, where they charge. But if you have uh, info about how much it costs to manufacture the product, ship it to Amazon, and as soon as you create that product listing, uh, include the price that you want to sell it for, Amazon gives you an estimate of how much they will take from a- any unit being sold. Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is a way of thinking to, to approach. Uh, you have to see uh, everything that goes into selling on Amazon and then the product price you have and then calculate that profit margin. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you know the profit margin, this is where you can make more educated decisions towards advertising because even the results from advertising are being communicated to a seller as a percent, you know, advertising cost of sale, that ACOS. Mm-hmm. If ACOS is 20% and your profit margin is 20%, you're not losing money even if you're advertising and paying for those expenses. Mm-hmm. So as long as you are uh, aware of everything that goes into as cost of getting the product and shipping it to Amazon, you should it should be very straightforward to make a decision about whether you're profitable or not. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I, j- I just want to segue with, with one of the things um, my, my friend was talk- we were talking about on, on Saturday. And he was like, can you remember the days when um, we used to optimize for, for reviews that we missed the mark by optimizing our products? So now the the best, the savviest Amazon sellers just get a lot of customer feedback and they're just improving their products because that naturally will deliver the reviews. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Okay. So um, continuing with... Um, expansion so so amazon is active in japan we've had an expert come here who just does amazon japan um amazon is in australia um amazon is in the major european markets um france germany i think spain um amazon is in north america so canada and um us um what are your best in class clients you know brands you know doing from an expansion international expansion standpoint um and how complex is it um, in, in regards to, you know, really propagating, um, to just making, maximizing all that Amazon has to offer. 
I feel like uh, when you have that complexity versus uh, ROI ma matrix, I feel like a lot of brands have chosen to go to Canada first as mm. probably easier from, from an operation standpoint, followed by EU5. So UK, Germany, France, Spain, and Italy. Um, UK definitely comes uh, with an advantage of not having to have your listings translated, even having the keywords you've generated, uh, solid ROI with uh, on the US. So I think it comes down with natural uh, benefits for you to make that expansion. What uh, the... Uh, what brands should keep in mind when it comes to the additional marketplaces is there is that complexity of having your listings translated. You have to have a professional translator to do that, to make sure that the benefits are standing out. But I do feel uh, that like complexity-wise, um, when it comes to expanding on Europe, it's made a lot easier to expand into all additional marketplaces that Europe offers. So... Mm. When it comes to international expansion, I, I think you said it at the very start, they don't come close to the potential that the U.S. has, but each additional marketplace is, you know, a possibility, an opportunity for you to improve on your uh, profit from the previous mm -hmm. year. So definitely something they should keep in mind. How, how has Brexit affected, um, you know, um, Amazon UK? Do, do you do you have to, you know, um, split out your inventory to to Europe and then the UK? Uh, uh, basically, all the updates I've seen on the effects of Brexit on Amazon sellers have been tax related. I'm not sure if that is, mm. um, that is being, um, I'm sure it's, it's clear now, but I follow a lot of legal companies specializing in, in, in trademark. And I think that's mm -hmm. the, the biggest implication there. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. Um, before I let you go, um, this is our final minute or so. Um, do, do you have any final tips um, for D2C businesses looking to take that plunge to not just Amazon, but marketplaces in general to, to, to get that omnipresence um, or omnichannel um, you know, reach? So basically on the Amazon side, I think I've touched on these, but uh, I just want to reiterate everything that's uh, sort of new starting from 2020 uh, till now, uh, talking about video in product listings and then sponsor brand video as a campaign type. Amazon posts, uh, Amazon attribution, as, as you pointed this mm -hmm. out, uh, driving traffic to an Amazon storefront. I think just staying up to date with all these features will help you get ahead. And when it comes to having that omni-channel presence and adopting multiple marketplaces, I do think that lately there's a lot of uh, interest about this. And I'm seeing a lot of... Uh, PIM solutions, product mm -hmm. information management yeah. solutions that would allow you to optimize for multiple marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Just have those key titles, bullets, and benefits of the products associated with that UPC. So hopefully this is something that will make your transition mm -hmm. to additional marketplaces easier. Interesting. Speaking of PIMs, um, would a product description you put on Shopify um, be any different from a product description you put on, on Amazon? And what about the SEO issues? If you're going to just duplicate it um, from your website, and Amazon has bigger SEO, I would think. 
Yeah, uh, a lot of issues come up with that. First of all, the length of characters allowed is not the same. Second of all, I'm thinking between Instacart and Amazon. Amazon does have reviews. Instacart at the moment doesn't. So if you talk mm -hmm. about anything related to that, um, uh, you, it won't be applicable. I guess the benefit of having that software is you're going to have nuances. You're going to have complexities with each individual platform. I think where these solutions come into place is at least making sure you don't have errors, you don't have uh, misspellings, or you don't have any missing product info on additional marketplaces. Um, but I totally agree. You're going to have to take a look at each platform individually. Super, super interesting, Stefan. I really, really appreciate um, your time on here. Um, for those of you listening, um, Stefan gave me a, a list, a, a detailed checklist, which I'm just going to copy and paste into the show notes of this. Now, speaking of our show notes, Stefan, what's the best way to follow you and Bobsledge, you know, marketing, what you guys are doing? Um, it's been incredible, you know, getting all this knowledge from yourself. Yeah, obviously, you know, we have uh, the, the website, bobsledmarketing.com. I think we're very active on uh, LinkedIn, both myself, Kiri, and everybody related on Amazon. So make sure to look us up on LinkedIn, uh, S-T-E-F-A-N-J-O-R-D-E-V. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to getting connected with all the listeners of your podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.